Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. This week we have a special guest preacher. Abriana Matais is a district licensed minister on the Upstate District Church of the Nazarene. She's also a senior at Roberts Wesleyan College. Not only that, she grew up here in Springwater and in this church. So, without any further ado, here is Abriana with a message to us about Enduring Hope. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas. And I know it's a little late, but Merry Christmas again, and also Happy New Year. Um, So today, as Pastor said, I'm going to be speaking on an enduring hope from Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. So if you brought your Bibles today, you can go ahead and open those. Um, And if not, it will also be on the screen. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents, he's talking about Mary and Joseph, bringing little baby Jesus, probably would have been a couple weeks after he was born. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the ability to get together here today to talk about your word and to share in it and to have the opportunity to let the worship and the study of your word in the fellowship of other believers transform our lives. I pray that you would open all of our hearts to this word, that you would help guide me as I speak, and that, Holy Spirit, you would have your will and your way with this message. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so jumping right into it, I want to give you a little bit of a picture of Simeon's world. Because it seems almost like a strange story, doesn't it? I mean, Mary and Joseph show up at the temple, and I mean, I can imagine if I was Mary and Joseph, and all of a sudden this guy comes toward me and then just says, oh Lord, I can die now. Like, I don't know, that would be a little bit weird, (laughs) wouldn't you think? But there is something much bigger going on in Simeon's world. And that was that at this time in history, Israel had been under Roman occupation for quite a while. And there was nothing that the Jews wanted more than to see Israel be liberated and to have their kingship restored And that king, all throughout scripture, was said to be a descendant of David, 
who would reign with peace and justice, and that of his kingdom there would be no end. And as you read through the scriptures, you know, we can see now that that's referring, in many cases, to the eternal kingdom, to heaven, the new heaven and the new earth. But at the time, it was understood that it would be taking place at that moment. And so people were expecting this Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. And they were waiting for centuries. There had been several people, political figures, who they thought, oh, this might be it, this might be the Messiah, this is awesome, hooray. And then time after time again, those leaders would be killed, their campaigns would fail, and it would become blatantly obvious that they were not the Messiah that they'd been waiting for. And to top all of that off, God hadn't spoken to Israel through a prophet for 400 years. So they were dealing with God's silence and a continual Roman occupation that they couldn't seem to find relief from. They were still paying taxes to Rome. They still hadn't heard a syllable from a prophet. And this had been going on for 400 years. Also, I don't know how old Simeon was. The scripture doesn't tell us. Um, I'm assuming that, you know, he was somewhere up there. But you figure he spent his entire life waiting for this as well. You can count all the decades that he'd been waiting, all the decades that he'd heard from generations before him that, yeah, we hope for this. It hasn't come yet. Or we thought this, but it wasn't. We hoped, but, and that was really a big theme throughout the Jewish mindset at that time, was we hoped, but, or we hope, but it hasn't come yet. And you can kind of hear this later in the New Testament on the road to Emmaus, when the disciples are talking to Jesus and they didn't recognize him. And what did they say Jesus was? We had hoped that he was the Messiah, but... So they thought there was this moment of our hope's been dashed again. And of course, then they recognized Jesus was risen and he was indeed the Messiah that they'd been waiting for. But that's a picture of where Simeon was at. He was in this world of hoping but not seeing. Waiting and not knowing how long that waiting would take. And it's understandable that people must have been very discouraged. I mean... To give you a picture, remember when we were all in lockdown this spring? Remember when we kept saying, well, we hoped we'd get out by the end of March, but, or hopefully we'll get out by the end of April, things will go back to normal, but, and then you have May, June, July, and <laughs> so forth. And that was just for a couple months, but you can kind of get a taste of what that waiting was like. But throughout this waiting... Simeon chose to be righteous and devout. Now that meant that he would have kept the laws of Moses. He was praying. And one interesting thing that the scripture notes is that the Holy Spirit was on him. Now the Holy Spirit hadn't been given to all believers at this time. So this was a very special occurrence for a special person with a special promise. And that special promise was that Simeon would see the Messiah before he died. That had to be an incredible promise to carry in your heart. That after centuries and decades of waiting, that one day, any day, he would finally get to see the Messiah that he and his ancestors have been praying for for centuries. 
And I can't help but wonder how many conversations he had with people around the dinner table. And people said, oh, it feels like Israel's Messiah will never come. Rome is going to just be in charge of us forever. This is awful. I wonder how many people he told the promise to in excitement. They said, Simeon, you are crazy. Do you really think that out of all the righteous people, you would be the one to see the Messiah? What makes you so sure that you'll see the Messiah before you die? That doesn't even make sense. What if someone comes at you with a spear? You think you're going to see the Messiah before that? You know, I can't imagine what he was told, what he must have been thinking of, if people laughed at him, if people decided they wanted to follow him around just in case they could see the Messiah too. I have no idea what happened. I don't know, maybe Simeon just kept that a secret in his heart because he knew what the reactions might be. Maybe sometimes he had questions about it too. I don't know. But one thing we do know is that he lived his life with hope despite outside circumstances. All that he had was a word from the Holy Spirit giving him a promise. He didn't have any other sign that the Messiah would come anytime soon. He didn't have a track record to say, you know, yes, the Messiah is coming X, Y, Z. There was no specified time period. All that he had was hope and faith that he held on to from the Holy Spirit. And I have to say that's really incredible to be able to have the faith, to hold on to a hope like that. Especially when at the time, as far as we know, he was the only one who was given a promise like that. So he was alone in this mission of faith and holding on to hope. And when he got up in the morning, he didn't know whether or not he'd see the Messiah that day. I wonder sometimes when he put his prayer shawl on, if he straightened it just a little bit in case he'd see the Messiah. Or if he spent a little extra time on his hair after he got the promise than he would have beforehand. I wonder if maybe he always said an extra prayer or if he gobbled down his breakfast or hurried to the temple to see if the Messiah would be there. I don't know. But he knew one thing, that their paths were destined to cross at any moment. And the scripture tells us that he was waiting. Now the word used for waiting here is prostechomai. And prostechomai means to wait with a commitment to endurance. So it's not just waiting. It's willing to wait no matter how long it takes. And it's sort of like those Christmas packages that some of us have been waiting on, that we're committed to waiting to get them, to give them to somebody, instead of maybe printing out an invoice, or we're committed to tracking that package as long as we possibly can until it drives us bonkers. Um, it's, it's that waiting with a commitment to endurance. But this was an endurance that took much more. It's an endurance that took decades, day in and day out. He was holding on for the fulfillment of God's promise, no matter how long it took. And you can't help but wonder, what's your reaction when that promise finally comes to fulfillment? When Simeon finally saw the consolation of Israel, what would you anticipate someone's reaction to be after that? Well, I'll tell you, when I was younger, I always thought that it was really, really weird that the first words out of Simeon's mouth were, in effect, okay, I can die now. Thanks, God. Toodles. I, I thought that was the weirdest thing. Like, why on earth would that be the first thing that comes to your mind? But now that I'm older, I understand that Simeon wasn't talking about the initiation of his death. 
He was talking about the culmination of his life's hope. He wasn't suddenly realizing that he could then die at any moment. Instead, he was celebrating that his lifelong hope had finally been fulfilled. That everything that he had poured his passion into, he formed his lifestyle around being righteous and devout. And if you ever want to find out what that looked like, sit down and read through the book of Leviticus. It's hard to keep all those laws straight. And if you were righteous and devout, you tried to keep every single one. It was a lot of work. He formed his life around this. He prayed around this. He held on to this promise day in, day out. This was literally what he has poured every part of his life into. And standing there at that moment, that was fulfilled. It had all been worth it. He had spent decades under Roman rule wondering when the salvation would come. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, go into the temple. Go into the temple. And, you know, I bet he was probably thinking, well, why am I going into the temple? Okay. And I don't know what he was expecting to see when he would see the Messiah either. I don't know if he was expecting to see a king on horseback. I don't know if he was expecting to see a priest or a prophet. I don't know what he was looking for. But I do know that when Mary and Joseph came in with week-old baby Jesus, he knew that was it. And so he went up to them and that's when his hope was complete. He saw the eyes that would read minds and souls. He saw the hands that would be nailed to the cross. He heard the babbling cry of a baby that was the not yet developed voice of the Messiah, whose words would rock the world for the rest of time. For millenniums, Israel had been waiting for a savior, for a king to establish justice and peace and a new order to establish righteousness. And he saw that king, a little baby in swaddling clothes. And I can't imagine how absolutely heavenly that must have felt for in that moment to have that reward of seeing the face of God face to face. And that's the hope that we're all looking for. And Simeon got to experience that long before he died. He got to have that moment of his hope and his faith being rewarded in an incredible way. The devotion was worth it. The righteousness was worth it. The faithfulness was worth it. The laughs at the dinner table was worth it. The weird looks in the marketplace were worth it. He was enjoying the glorious completion and fulfillment of the hope of his life. And there was nothing left for him to do but revel in it and rejoice and praise God for it for as long as he had breath. And folks, Simeon has a lot to teach us. Because in many ways, our world is similar to his. We may not be under Roman rule. The Roman Empire may have collapsed centuries ago. But we do live in an already not yet world. And by that, I mean that we have tasted salvation. We've had our sins forgiven. We've experienced miracles. We've experienced healings. We've heard the voice of God. But we haven't quite yet seen that salvation completely take over our world. We haven't seen the new heaven and the new earth yet. We haven't seen death end. We haven't seen the end of temptation. We still have these struggles. So we live in this already not yet world where we have the hope of God's promise. We know that it's coming. We know that God's good. We know he keeps his promises. 
but we're still waiting for that consolation that we've been promised. We're still waiting for that reward for our faithfulness that we've been promised. And until then, we're just still chipping away at the every day-to-day. We're waiting to read Death's Obituary, and won't that be great? First issue of Heaven's Newspaper and Death's Obituary is on the front page. (laughs) No one will have any nice words to say about death. We're still waiting to see the eradication of every disease. And here we are waiting for a vaccine, just think when we won't even need them. We're waiting to watch God lock the devil up and throw away the key. And we have a good reason for our hope. Jesus always keeps his promises. And let me tell you, this book, 66 books full of promises, and passed down from generation to generation, you can see a large majority of them has been fulfilled and kept. And it's an incredible thing to see. You can dive into historical records, you see it. You can dive into church records, you can dive into religious records. It's on file that throughout human history, God's been keeping his promises. So why would we doubt that the other promises he made would be unfulfilled? Sometimes it's not that we doubt that they'll be fulfilled, but it's that we doubt if we can see them or if they'll be coming or when they'll be coming. Sometimes it's not so much that we doubt, but that we get discouraged. And I think that this year has been a pretty discouraging year. Last year, I said that I didn't know what 2020 held. Boy, was that true. I think that was unintentionally one of the truest things I've ever spoken in my life. (laughs) I had zero idea what 2020 would hold. And as for 2021, I don't even want to attempt to guess, if I'm honest. I missed the mark big time in 2020, so (laughs) don't come to me for any expectations of 2021. You know, and we're still waiting even on this level with the pandemic. We don't know what to expect in 21, do we? We're hoping that we'll get the vaccine soon and that we will take our masks off. We're hoping that life will go back to even more of a normal soon. We're hoping that we can get together in big groups soon. We just don't know when it will happen, right? It's kind of that already not yet, too. We have the vaccine. We have the masks. We can still come to church. But we don't have that normalcy yet. We're still waiting. It's another already not yet. And until we get to the other part, masks will be a part of our daily attire. Um, And we know that one day every tear will be wiped from our eyes by the hand of God himself. But for now, there's moments where we're so overwhelmed that all we can do is sit down and weep. We know that someday there'll be no more night. But for now, a lot of us experience some long, lonely nights. You get the idea. You're living it. We all are. And it's not easy. And sometimes living in this already not yet world, sometimes the not yet can make us question the already. So much so that I think for many of us, we've come to anticipate trouble in 2020, haven't we? I mean, be honest. How many times have you seen something on the news, gotten a text message, heard something, and said, leave it to 2020? I'll be honest, I have said that a lot, as if trouble and distress are par for the course this year. Even with those packages that got lost in the mail, 
So leave it to 2020. It's not easy. And I don't say this to be a Debbie Downer because you did not get out of your warm bed to drive here in the snow and ice to listen to this substitute preacher tell you how awful this last 12 months has been. (laughs) You don't need that. I don't need that. Nobody does. But I am saying it to acknowledge that I see you, that God sees you. It has been hard. It is exhausting. It is discouraging. I get that. And I want to acknowledge that. And it's okay to say that you're discouraged as a Christian. It's okay to say that you need a little bit of booster to your hope. What's not okay is walking around like everything's perfectly fine while the inside's falling apart. Because that doesn't help anybody. We're all in this together. So I want to remind you that if you are feeling discouraged about seeing an end in sight, about experiencing the comfort that God's promised, if you're losing hope, I see you. God sees you. You're known, and it's okay to admit that it's hard. (laughs) Because we weren't promised easy lives. Out of all the 66 books of promises, not one of them promises that we'll have an easy life here on earth. So we live in the already, not yet. Now, I do know one thing about 2021. One thing that I can stake my life on and not be afraid that I would collapse. And that thing that I know for sure is that our hope will remain sure no matter what the last 12 months have had in store and what the next 12 will have in store and what the next 24, the next 48, however many far you want to go, our hope will remain secure. Because our God remains secure. And even if that hope gets hard to see, even if it's like a candle that's flickering out so you have just the tiniest little blue flame, even if it seems small, even if it seems far away, that hope is still going to be there because it's never too dark, never too difficult, never too painful, never too messy to extinguish hope. It is always there. There's an old poem that says, um, hope is a thing with wings. And I like to think of it, you know, the Holy Spirit's pictured as a dove. Hope is a thing with wings. God is our hope. And he has been faithful. He's still in control. He's on the throne. He's not giving it up anytime soon. We may have had a presidential election, but there is no heavenly election. God is still on the throne. And he's written hope over every page of our lives, even over 2020. All of you have some hope or you wouldn't be showing up here today. You wouldn't be watching online if you didn't have hope. Because there is something in you, a hope that says, in God's house, in God, in praise, in worship, in my Savior, in God's salvation, no matter what, if I have to fight to get out of bed in the morning and drive to church, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there is strength and there is comfort and there is life and there is forgiveness in Christ my Savior. There is hope. There is always hope. 
If I could take every single scene of 2020 and play it on this screen, I don't think any of us would want to watch it. But over every single scene, I could say, there's hope. God's in control. There is hope. God is control. But there's hope. Because now, the mantra has changed. Instead of we hoped, but. But we hope. But we hope. But we hope. There may be a pandemic, but we hope that our God is a healer and that he is coming one day and that there will be no more sickness. We may have lost loved ones, but we hope in the resurrection at the end of times, but we hope that they are with our Savior right now. We may have relationship issues, but we hope that our God is perfect love. He will never leave us or forsake us. And you can take that over every single second of 2020 and say, but we have this hope as an anchor firm and secure for the soul. We have hope. And it's not easy sometimes to look at those things and say, but we have hope. But it is true, we do. And if we can say that as a battle cry, we have hope. Hope isn't a vague term. I think sometimes we use it like, oh, I hope it'll snow today. Or, man, I really hope they have that chocolate chip muffin. Right? But we're talking about this prostechomai. The hope, no matter what. The hope with a commitment to endurance. The hope that really is an anchor. It's at the center of how we live. That shapes our lives. It shapes our responses. It shapes our interactions with other people. So my message for you as we leave 2020 and as we consider 2021 is to think about an enduring hope. And that baby in the manger is the hope. I watched a video from the Skit Guys this week. And um, it was this fictional scenario of the prophet Isaiah speaking with God in the middle of the night about the coming Messiah. And Isaiah says, God, it was one thing when you had me tell the people that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a baby. It was one thing when you had me prophesy all of this. But now you're telling me to tell them that the answer for all of their problems, for all of their oppression, for all of their political oppression is a baby we need a king, not, not a little baby who needs to be carried around. And his wife about that time says, Isaiah, where are you? He says, I'm talking to God. Go back to bed. And she says, well, are you, is, is he listening? So what do you mean is God listening? She said, no, are you listening to him? He goes, oh, see, God, even my own wife thinks I'm crazy. You know, and, he, and he's wrestling with this idea of can a baby really be that hope? And as the video goes on, he comes to the realization that yes, that baby is our hope. So when we look into the manger, I mean, think about it. God didn't come for the pretty and the polished. He didn't come for the Instagram highlight reel. He didn't come for the palace. He came for the dirty stable came to live with common people 
He came to experience what we experience, to feel what we feel. He is with us. He died on the cross for us. He rose from the dead with us. And our resurrection is yet to come. But we have his as a guarantee of ours. He is our hope. Lamentations really sums us all up best. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And if I may, I would like to speak some of the promises of God over all of us going into 2021 to recharge our hope, to renew our hope. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want to remind you, he hasn't left your side. He hasn't let go of your hand. In Revelation 22, 12, he promises, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Every day when we get up and get dressed, we're one day closer to seeing the Messiah. He could show up at any second. He's coming, just like Simeon. Any day now, he's coming. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God promises, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isaiah 41.10 Do not fear, for I am with you, says the Lord. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Haggai 2, verses 4 through 5. But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 3-4 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18 For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's hope. That even when we can't see it, we know it's true. We know that it's coming. 
I can't see 2021, but I have faith to say that God's going to be with each and every one of us until the end of the age, whenever that is. I have faith to say that whatever troubles we face, someday we'll stand in the light of heaven and they'll seem so small compared to the glory that we feel. And yes, I know that's an incredible thing to say, especially after this year, but it's true. I believe every word of this book. So it must be true. God's never lied before. In fact, the Bible says that's the one thing that he's incapable of doing. So I guess what I'm trying to say, folks, is we still have hope. We may be exhausted. We still have hope. And I want you to remember that going into 2021, that no matter what, we have an enduring hope. And like Simeon, I pray that that would transform your lives. That when you get up in the morning, there would be some little whisper in your heart that sings a song of hope. The May 2021 resolution be to hang on to that hope and remain faithful and strive for righteousness just like Simeon. Don't give up on this hope we have. We have a great cloud of witnesses, the scripture says. Thousands, millions of believers who've gone on before us, who've had their own struggles, sometimes their own pandemics, their own trials, and who remain faithful. And they're up in heaven cheering us on. God's cheering us on. Hang on to that hope. Press on to 2021. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the hope that we have in you. Lord, you know that we're tired. We're a needy people. Yet you're mindful of us. Yet you give us this hope. And the promises that you will redeem us, that you will create a new heaven and a new earth, that you'll wipe every tear from our eyes, that you're with us in the here and now. I pray that you would strengthen all of our hearts as we end this year and as we enter into a new one. Thank you for that hope. May it be an anchor for us, and may you, Holy Spirit, use that hope in an incredible way. May you use our hope to enable us to witness to others and to share the reason that we have for this hope. May you give us joy through it. May you give us peace through it, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would have your will in your way with this hope that we have that you would renew the fire of hope within your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, and be gracious to you. Thank you, and I hope you have a very happy, hope-filled 2021. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page. Springwater Church the Nazarene on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.